Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, is, it, is it a commercial? You. Do you like chips? Like, do you really like chips? Where to the point where you're eating chips so much that you look around and there's crumbs and you're like, who put those crumbs there? Did I put those crumbs there? And I'm, and I'm here to tell you, yes, yes, you did, because you like chips. And if you like Cheetos, especially Flamin' Hot Cheetos, then you should tell people to subscribe to this channel, the Bitcoin podcast, because one out of a thousand, that's right. When we get a thousand subscribers, one of them is going to get a hundred bags of Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos, baby. Think to yourself, how, how many Cheetos is that? And I'm here to tell you, it's like a million calories. If you ate it all, you would most definitely not be healthy, but we're going to send them to you because Flamin' Hot Cheetos are amazing. So that's right. Share this around. Get us to 1,000 subscribers. We'd like to have 1,000 subscribers because if we had 1,000 subscribers, that means one of those 1,000 subscribers is getting 100 bags of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So, you know, do your thing, guys. Do that YouTube stuff. Hey, it's me again. Does your job still suck? Are you still mad at your job and therefore life sucking, then you should join the Bitcoin podcast Slack where the people there don't suck, or at least their jobs don't. So in essence, their lives don't either. Join the Slack. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another one of the Bitcoin podcasts interviews. Today, we are joined with Tasha from Tasha Labs, a, a, micro, a macro economist and technology investor and Twitter extraordinaire. I know that's how I've come across you as your tweets on how to value this industry, valuing different projects. And, you know, welcome to the show, Tasha. Thank you. Glad to be here. Nice. So first of all, I have to ask this question. It's kind of a standard question on most crypto podcasts. And that is, uh, you know, there was a time before crypto uh, where most of us were doing something different. Right. Uh, I myself was a teacher. Jesse was an engineer. Um, and now uh, and you were probably an economist, I'm just assuming. But would you like to tell us more about, you know, before you got into crypto, what you were doing before? And then I want to go into detail about like why you're like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get into crypto. Well, I'm not sure I'm in crypto. I, I'm, I have a lot of other projects as well. But um, 
let's just say I, I first uh, got to know the industry in 2016, 2017. Um, I had, uh, I was very active in the startup community and, uh, I had friends who were starting new companies uh, involving blockchain. And at the time, the uh, running joke in the startup circle is if you want to get VC funding, make sure to put uh, uh, AI and uh, blockchain in the first sentence together in your pitch. Um, But at the time, it just uh, seemed to me um, not really a feasible proposition at the time because... um, I remember, you know, seeing uh, pitches about, uh, you know, using blockchain to, you know, track like a producer production of cheese or, you know, track like uh, airline uh, flight schedules. And it just seems like, you know, people are people have the solution and they're looking for a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I think that was uh, uh, now looking back, uh, that was, you know indeed the case that, you know, we had a um, huge boom, uh, but not much really like a groundbreaking product or value added came out of that uh, quote unquote cycle. Right. So, but, you know, this is, uh, I, I, so, so, but that, that, that was a few years ago and really I got seriously interested in crypto uh, since the pandemic started because that was when uh, DeFi started uh, taking off and uh, I took a more serious look at DeFi and I realized there is something actually revolutionary going on there compared to the, you know, uh, the products that I've encountered before in the blockchain space. Uh, so, you know, from there, you know, like everybody, most people, you know, you, you, you went down the rabbit hole of, uh, of, of crypto and you got to know more and more uh, use cases and the uh, projects and, uh, value propositions from there. So, um, for me, you know, I am a macroeconomist. I'm also a startup founder. So I come into the space, I, I think from the perspective of a mix of macroeconomy, macroeconomics and uh, uh, technology adoption uh, cycles. So uh, from both angles, uh, this is a incredibly interesting industry that I believe is going to change the world. Well, if not already, uh, you know, but yeah. we're changing on small scale, uh, you know, two small and a half scale. trillion, two, two and a half trillion dollar asset class, which is, you know, drop in it's, the bucket. Yeah. It's it's surprising that that is a drop in the bucket. I can't even like imagine two and a half trillion dollars, but it's not that much. No. Like when you look at the grand scheme scheme of things, it's not that much. But we feel like it's a lot. That's for sure. At you, least my, my well, family members. Because feel. of the compressed time scale, right? It's mm-hmm. it's because uh, how fast the thing ha- went up. Like uh, uh, this past year, the whole uh, entire crypto market cap went up near nearly two hundred percent. You never heard about like a, such thing happening in the stock market or in real estate market, right? If real estate going up like 15% a year, people think that's, you know, already some kind of bubble going on. Yeah. Um, but those are really, those, those assets are much bigger, um, you know, uh, 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 value caps, um, real estate globally, probably 350 trillion. Um, uh, global bonds market. Uh, 150 trillion equity market probably on the same scale 
So um, just do the math, how small crypto still is. Mm. So is it a zero-sum game in meaning that crypto has to get bigger and those other markets get smaller, or can they all get bigger at the same time? I think, uh, you know, what, what one thing crypto enabled is um, uh, I would call the hyper-financialization or hyper-tokenization of everything, right? So, um, uh, you know, looking down the road, I think in, in, in 10, 15 years, we, we will see probably all the things that has the cash flow attached, all the things that you can, you know, derive a value from will probably be tokenized in one way or another. So this definition, the, 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 financial, the definition of the financial asset per se is changing because of crypto, right? So um, two years ago, you would not call a JPEG a financial asset, right? So now it seems like uh, it, it's becoming more and more accepted, even by more the mainstream society. And um, people start to understand, uh, you know, what, what this is all about. So to answer your question, um, I, I, I think obviously those traditional markets, they're going to continue to grow. Unless you believe that uh, uh, the the world GDP is going to shrink down the road, which is unlikely given the huge productivity growth that we are seeing down the road, so um, those assets they are you know moving in conjunction with the growth of the economy, uh, more or less, right? Real estate. I'm talking about real estate, bond, and uh, equity. Um, so, but I think what you will see indeed is that. But but in terms of rate of growth, I, I think crypto would definitely, it, well, it's already far outstripping the growth of those assets. And uh, going forward, uh, I believe it will really steal the thunder of uh, some of the TradFi asset class, especially real estate. Because um, I, I, I talked about this uh, the other day in my YouTube channel also. Um, it's um, it's really a pain in the ass to actually hold real estate. Okay, yes. it's it's a the buying process. The buying process is just such a pain. Oh my god, yes. Sorry. And the holding <laughs> process. I mean, you have to maintain your assets, and you, you in order to generate cash flow, you have to work to you know get people to 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 rent your uh, properties, yeah. and you have to maintain and uh, hire someone this. to do it. You he have to pay a commission, right? So all that works to get what? 5% of gross uh, yield? Um, so I'd rather take that uh, that value in <laughs> Decentraland and then uh, you know land goes up way faster than real estate in the real world. And then there's yeah. no maintenance. There's no like, it's just, it's completely different. Yeah. Just, I mean, you can argue, obviously, you can argue whether there is a short-term a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's a short-term access, I think there is. But you, you, it, it, that part aside, over time, I think it, it, even if if it, even if you take out the bubble part, you you look back five ten years from now, you will see that uh, people will get attracted to to the you know uh, non fungible uh, counterpart of real estate more and more because. Uh, at some point, people will start realizing how much easier this is. Not to mention that 
because of this is so easy to handle and you can transact over the internet and very soon the integration between NFT and DeFi, which is already going on, mm-hmm. we're going to, uh, you know, develop a whole lot more is that it will increase the liquidity of NFTs compared to your real life non-fungible assets like real estate, right? And whatever has better liquidity is going to have a price premium. Um, so I, I think overall you will see that you know, other travel asset, assets, I don't think they're going to shrink, but they're just going to grow much slower than crypto assets. Mm. It's, it's, it's wild to see all this stuff take shape, having seen how it started so many years ago and now how it's going. It's just phenomenal to me. I, one of the things I find most interesting about your opinions is you're, you said it very poignantly. You said, um, you know, blockchain should be valued like countries are valued. And can you elaborate on what you mean by that? And then I guess I'll ask my second part of the question after you elaborate. So uh, I uh, so so I said that like blockchain, like public blockchains, like Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, mm-hmm. you know, those if you look at those ecosystems, uh, they work in a much, it, it, they work in a much closer way than how a country's ecosystem works, economic ecosystem works, compared to how a company works. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, so so that was that was in in response to a lot of these valuations that I see, and that people are trying to value, you know, um, public blockchains as mm-hmm. companies. So if you value companies, you do like PE ratios or discounted cash flows and see if the thing is overvalued or undervalued currently, right? But you don't ever value the uh, United States economy by discounted cash flow. I, but How what, do you evaluate the, the United yeah, States economy? I guess that's give us a short lesson. How do you evaluate a country and what a country's worth? I've never even had to think about it. Well, what a country's you know. worth, you look at you what, what how people usually compare across economies is to look at the so-called GDP, mm-hmm. gross national product, right? Uh, gross domestic product. Domestic, yeah. Um, so that's basically measuring how much is being produced, how much is being transacted, how much value added is being created in a single year or in a single quarter, uh, you know, whatever time frequency that you use. And you compare that across different economies. So in that sense, when people say U.S. is the biggest economy and China is the second biggest economy in the world, they're talking about the GDP. It's mm-hmm. so much how much economic activity is going on in this territory, right? Mm-hmm. So this, uh, it, what we call economy is this interconnected ecosystem where different, uh, different players interact and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, there are market exchanges, there are consumption and investment activities, there are value exchanges uh, going on that, that is the definition of uh, a economic ecosystem, right? like the United States economy or Chinese economy. So if you look at this way, it's a similar thing with what's going on in the blockchain spaces. Uh, if you look at Ethereum economy, there are a lot of things going on on Ethereum, right? Ethereum is not a, well, of course, you can look at it as an enterprise, but I think it's more appropriate if you look at it as an ecosystem, like a country. And you look at 
the um, prospect or the value of this ecosystem by how much is going on, how much is happening in this ecosystem. So how much, you know, DeFi trading is going on, how much NFT market exchanges are going on, how much, uh, you know, people are using uh, Ethereum to, um, uh, to, to, uh, for, uh, for other use cases like gaming, you know, metaverse, so on and so forth. So all these are the virtual counterpart of uh, real life economic activities that's happening in this uh, ecosystem that we call the Ethereum blockchain. So in essence, Ethereum is similar to a nation state. Uh, when, once it, you know, right now, I think I did some calculation. It's probably the size. It's a small country. It's the size between like Uruguay and Slovenia. Mm. Um, and that is the biggest blockchain in the world, the public smart contract chain in the world. It just tells you how far we have yet to go, right? Mm. Um, so, 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 yeah. So um, that is uh, in the nutshell of uh, of, uh, of that thesis is uh, blockchains should be. You should consider them, you should model them and think about their valuation in terms of like a similar to how you would evaluate a country's economy. How do you match growth from like, you know, models conducted based on, you know, developing countries versus um, basically L1 platforms? Because the growth is different. It comes from a different thing. Whereas like a developing country may be, you know, some sort of agriculture. It's definitely not tech, right? That's not going to be their biggest sure. export. Well, well, for Ethereum, for instance, the biggest booms came from gaming-related things, right? Crypto Kitties, kind of like a game gamification of NFTs early on, um, twenty seventeen. So, like, I'm wondering if you had to match industry for industry of a developing country to basically a developing L1 platform, what would be the biggest growing, say, top three biggest growing industries on an L1 platform? Would gaming be one of them? Gaming, DeFi, and NFT, and NFT and gaming are you know inter interrelated, but really that's we we still it's it's not a very diversified economy, right? Mm-hmm. You only have these uh, two, three, four sectors. Seriously, yeah. that's uh, that's that's all that's all going on. Um, but even 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 these uh, uh, you know few sectors have supported uh, huge growth for Ethereum and other layer ones. So um, the, you're, we definitely, you know, you don't have agriculture going on in virtual economy unless you count like crypto. DeFi kingdoms. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's a, seriously, it's just people doing stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's how I would uh, understand it, right? It's just people doing stuff. And <laughs> you you want to see, what you, like, you want to see more people doing more stuff on mm-hmm. this, uh, on this uh, uh, blockchain platform. So, um, you, uh, so, 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 uh, go back to your question. How do you measure this? Uh, well, we don't have statistics offices. It's, not, it's too early <laughs> to calculate this, but you can look at, you know, wallet growth, transaction growth, mm-hmm. developer, uh, activity growth, because those mm-hmm. are indirect indicators of people doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, on the blockchain, right? So, so what have you seen in terms of like Ethereum's growth? Has it kind of like in terms of gas fees being being very high, has that slowed down uh, user adoption? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. If you look at the, if you look at Ethereum's uh, current like usage right now, mm-hmm. the active users is not even at the level of the top of bull market back in 2017. 
Oh, okay. Mm. I didn't know. So, uh, that's something that I didn't know. That's surprising. But Bitcoin not, the same. But not but Bitcoin the same. You look at active Bitcoin wallet addresses, same. It's it's not even back in the previous cycle high level. Okay. So it just I think it's it's an indication while at the same time you you do see like crypto crypto's uh, you know uh influence uh, and uh uh you know recognition growing at the breakneck speed in society. So what's going on? I think it's just, uh, you know, especially the last six months, the alternative layer ones are really stealing the thunder from these older chains. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even though um, Ethereum, you know, if you look at a- active wallets, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's not as high e- even in the back, uh, in the previous cycle top. Um, but you look at other chains, you look at activities on Solana, on Avalanche, uh, on you know some of the L2s of Ethereum like Polygon, that is going like a very steep line up. So those are being some of the like a lot of the users are being attracted to those alternatives for sure. So you said you said you had a lot of friends that were VCs or like startup founders that kind of got you into the space earlier on. So I'm yes. wondering, I'm wondering, um, are they building in crypto still? Are they building products in the space? And like, if they like, are, like I said, the previous hmm. waves of the products are different than what you're seeing right now. The previous waves of uh, you know the blockchain applications were more like uh, you know logistics, as you know a lot of like a, you know applications for using blockchain for tracking stuff. Mm-hmm. Right in the real world, and those you have not seen taken off, and I, a lot of part, those projects have died. Um, so this round, your this this round of uh, projects you're you're seeing are in DeFi and NFT, and more and more in gaming, which is of a dif- different nature, but from those back in sixteen seventeen. Gotcha. Mm. So yeah, NFT gaming is going to take off. It's like inevitable. It's gonna have to. But anyways, um, so if if we start valuing these block these public blockchains like nation states, aren't we gonna be in danger of them like becoming nation states? Like I feel like things go full circle in crypto. Like we go one way and then we end up finding out we're going the exact same direction we ended up going. And like if so much value gets locked into one public blockchain. That value, I mean, human nature, they're going to try to protect that value. Right. Who? So, would, I mean, who are they? The owners of Ethereum, the people that want the people got the heavy bags. Don't you own the Ethereum? I thought you, like, you know, it's. Yeah, and I will fight. Blockchain. I will fight. Everybody who's <laughs> paying for it, you're paying for You, everybody who's using Ethereum, using Solana, are helping to pay. To, for the computation, for the network maintenance, for everything. So it's that's the it's the reason. One of the reasons, actually, the, I think the primary reason that crypto has really you know caught on so much and spread like a wildfire is because of this open uh, uh, this open nature, this nature of uh, open value sharing. This uh, what I call MoDev. Massive open distribution of economic values. Mm-hmm. So this is the factor that is uh, 
that that is most revolutionary about crypto. It's mm. it's a it's a drastic change in the business model, in the economic models of how a economy is, uh, uh, how economic activities are being organized and how values are being distributed. So it's a it's a more open and more equitable system. And that that is the part that that is drawing in the you know new users and new adopters like crazy. You said massively open distributed economics. Modev. 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 That's, massive mar- that's marketable right there. Massive open distribution of economic values. Well, you better NFT that shit before somebody who listens to this show does and tries to steal your thunder. I, I steal away. You know, the more people know about this, the better. I'm not. You know, why? Why would I? You know, I have no intention to 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 protect this or trademark this or whatever. I'm just, I'm just joking. That's that's a, that's pretty awesome though. I, I, it's awesome that you're able to like very succinctly describe how like the value is structured in crypto because a lot of people aren't even trying you know and it's very it's a very good point you made is like are people doing stuff right because that's that's the point that we're at right now there's not a lot of stuff to measure it's just are people doing things so um is there go ahead jess do you mind if i interject all right so i have a question about the spread of wealth like uh you know i guess People, people toss around Gini coefficients in terms of wealth distributions in real world like uh, countries. So I'm wondering if, if you compare that to you know crypto, isn't it relatively high, even higher than real world fiat markets in terms of the, the amount of people that own the majority of an L1 token, for instance? That's what I think what you're going to see is there will not be perpetual winners. Mm. Okay, so that's why there are people saying, oh, look at Bitcoin, Ethereum got network effect. This thing is going to, I don't know, a million Bitcoin going to a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the network effect is going to be shared and there will be a lot more new projects coming. If if someone come into crypto today, all right, Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is already like a 50, 60 K. Ethereum yeah. is 4K, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, people look at, okay, uh, how much did the, these coins cost a, a year ago? Mm-hmm. Way less. The thing has yeah. gone up so much, right? Yeah. Uh, for, for new users that are coming into space today, it's in your self-interest to champion the new projects instead of older ones. Because that's where your opportunity is to get your own 100x and 1,000x. Yeah. So instead of getting behind Bitcoin or Ethereum, you're more incentive aligned. In the short term. To get behind the newer project. Okay. Mm. Uh, it, it, provided that those newer projects are not uh, are, are actually have the have, have the technical underpinning behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So you are going to see waves and waves of this because the, the crypto user base is still very small. It's under 200 million people population. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you will need several of these waves to onboard crypto to billions of people and to get billions of people to, to, to adopt 
a new economic paradigm. Mm-hmm. And what's going to draw people draw people in are the you know the profits the 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 gains they can get mm-hmm. from this space. Those gains cannot all accrue to Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's it's just not possible. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a, it, a you you will have so, you if you have if 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 you have Bitcoin and Ethereum going up the most. Yeah. And others, uh, smaller ones going up less. You will have the OGs of uh, uh, crypto in Bitcoin and Ethereum being the trillionaires and uh, being the overlord of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. That is not a feasible equilibrium because for those for for that for for those older coins to go up so much, you have to have new buyers. Yeah. Right. But as we talked about, new buy, new players coming into the space, you are more incentivized to back up newer project with newer technology that are also solid, that also mm-hmm. have a, a you know feasible like a, a feasible future mm-hmm. rather than these older older coins so 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 the, you see that the, the intrinsic impa- incompatibility here mm-hmm. so for crypto to get adopted by billions of people you will need these new these several waves of new projects you know grow exponentially mm-hmm. until they are being you know Overtaken by 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 something even newer, mm. and and even you know cheaper and faster, more decentralized, or whatever you uh, value propositions you value, right? Mm. See, that's very interesting because it seems contrary to like what a lot of people in Ethereum think. A well, lot of people in Ethereum people, think because Ethereum people want to pump Ethereum, and Bitcoin people want to pump Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't have just said Ethereum. I mean, just anybody who's I guess singularly focused on one token think that. If I the more time I spend working in this token, the more value it brings to the token, right? So I'm not, okay. So I'm not saying though. Okay, so I I don't think it's a it's a it's a bad strategy if you just uh, want to hold Bitcoin and Ethereum. Would that give you the most? Uh, would that give you the most upside in crypto? No. No. But um. Will, will, will you will you go broke doing that? Probably not, right? So um, that those um, those will all those will still increase. Those will still go up with with the crypto market. But what I'm saying is, you're going to see waves of exponential effects, expen- exponential um, you know network effect uh, that happen on newer projects. Then you're going to see several waves of this. What we are currently currently seeing is the wave of alternative layer ones, but mm-hmm. just don't become an alternative layer one maxi. Yeah. Uh, so if you just like think you hold on to this to eternity because those have network effect, they're gonna go a bazillion dollars. Well, they will go up, but they there will be things that there will be newer things coming. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So the, the lesson is don't be a maxi. Exactly. The lesson is dump your old boomer coins. No. <laughs> dump your boomer coins. No. So do you see? So it's very interesting. So do you see like kind of a layered? No, no, no. I just like a, one one more thing. Just I just want to caveat this. Okay, this is not a call for people to go chase the na- uh, newest uh, shiny objects. There, you have to strike a balance uh, between 
is this thing going to get a network effect? Right. You 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 don't want to hold on to like be diehard maxi for any existing projects. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to like jump into like every shiny new object just because the thing gonna pump next month, right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 want to strike a balance of does this thing have is this thing showing a sign of potentially capturing network effect going forward, and it's technologically or you know uh, token economic wise better, you know. Compared to the older projects, so you have to and you have to look at this from a you know investment point of view. It's not like a, I'm not saying every new coin is is going to outgrow every old coin. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Okay, it, it it does seem though that um, the coins that experience the biggest growth are not necessarily the ones with the best technological innovations. Like I've seen so many more meme coins. And coins that have like a shit ton of VC funding and marketing behind them that have, you know, broken top 10 and they shouldn't even be anywhere near there. Right. So like, it seems like I think the best investment thesis is to, you know, never really be maximalist in any one thing. But at the same time, I can't shoot down people for wanting to take these moonshots. Right. Because it seems like two out of three is probably if it if it's if it looks stupid and memey and or has like a lot of VC funding behind it, it's probably going to go up because it, it seems to me like when a lot of money is thrown at something and when there's a lot of marketing involved, people just gravitate toward it like a like a moth to a flame. You know, the people who really lose those are the moths to the flame. Um, I think the people who are pulling the moths, they're playing with a different kind of money typically, right? Hmm. I I'm not the type of person that indulge in conspiracy conspiracy theories. Mm. Right? I'm also not the type of person that uh, I know it, like VC shaming is a is a subculture in crypto. Uh, I just it's very I, ironic too. I, I just don't see the point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has has your own way to 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 um, has your own strategy. To, to, to play this market. Um, there, there are people who hold a token for, you know, several years. There are people who hold a token for a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just, 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 uh, just figure out what, what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it depends on your own personality. It depends on what you are better at. If you're better at reading short-term chart, you trade, you know, Higher frequency. If you are better at betting on long-term trend, you probably hold a coin for longer. Uh, given that if if you have if you are uh, better at betting on you know longer-term projects, for me, I'm in the latter group. Mm-hmm. I am better at seeing the long-term trend. I am not good at telling you what's going to pop next month. Sure. So. Um, uh to me the current uh projects the current in the top 10 the alternative layer ones in the top top 10 that just that recently got there in the past six months mm-hmm. you can you can go check what those are okay Solana. there are three like, like shiba inu and like Dogecoin. no that's not shiba, shiba is not what i'm talking about i'm talking about yeah. the 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 
the ones that actually have ha, that can actually become a blockchain country nation state. So Avalanche, Solana, um, Matic is Matic. Terra, right? Matic, I think it's in the fifteen, in the top fifteen, 15. right now. Terra's Terra's popping. So um, you, those, those all have DeFi markets, right? That, so that's you really look at those. Up. Those are those are there for a reason, and I think those are there for a solid reason, not just from a, a someone scheming behind. It, yeah. it, it's a, it's a, those are, those are projects that actually got traction, actually got use cases, actually people doing stuff on them. Okay. So. So yeah, so 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 those those are those are not going to be pushed out of the top ten or top fifteen anytime soon. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Okay. From an engineering standpoint, Solana has a lot of technical issues on the back end. From an interest infrastructure standpoint, on being able to run a validator. So, I will see. Yeah. I am a huge Solana bull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the things that did a lot of things that the Ethereum community criticizing Solana for being not decentralized uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, I just, I just cannot get behind those arguments because uh, I see something different. I see this as chain for a specific type of use cases. They're trying to synchronize the state across the entire chain and uh, be as fast and cheap as possible. It, but the but they're not. They're not cheap. And they're also like they've gone down four times. Right. Okay. I'm I don't want to go down this rabbit hole about <laughs> arguing like which chain has a better attack. Because mm. that is the analyst discussion. Okay. Yeah. And uh, nobody's gonna win that that argument. Mm. What I will ask people to check is you go where the tractions are. You don't just uh you know, sit there and think about who is which chain is technologically more superior. Because I can give you t- countless examples in history that subpar tech wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know subpar-tech marketing wins. marketing wins. It's just because it, it eventually boils down to who gets traction. Okay, so yeah. if you if you think if you think superior tech wins, why is Ethereum even around? Why do we need a? Why is Bitcoin even around? So um, you a lot you, of money you gotta, got stuck. You maybe. you you've gotta you gotta look at where the tractions are. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's where you will get the most you know uh, most good reward for 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 every bit of risk you take. Hmm. Hmm. So I guess I have another question then, as as a technology investor. Do you see where is the technological breakthrough in DeFi for you that makes you the most excited? DeFi needs to solve the problem of how to bring off-chain assets on-chain. That's what I see the biggest bottleneck because in order to in order for the sector to to be a proper financial intermediary, like the banking sector, what what do, what do banks do? You you kind of broker uh, depositors, savers with uh, investors, right? You channel the saving of a society to invest in productive use cases, right? That's what financial intermediary is. And uh, in order to do that, 
you have to have, you know, um, uh, asset primitives that can help to support the sector. And part of it is collaterals. Mm -hmm. uh, for me to go, if I go to a bank, I say, lend me money. They wouldn't ask me for collaterals. And what do we typically use for collaterals in the real world? Real estate, bonds, and, you know, securities. So that is the largest stock of, of uh, collaterals that are being used for uh, lending and borrowing. In the crypto space, now you can only use crypto as collateral. Yeah, so and that is down. that is very limiting, and that just it makes it unfeasible for anybody to actually borrow money to 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 do to, to to do anything else except speculating in crypto. So so for this sector to actually uh, to to actually eat the market share of banks to actually properly be a financial intermediary, you've got to have you've got to bring the real world collaterals into the space. And that is not something that you can just sit in your basement and code. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So, so, so I think that's, that's, that's one reason why you're seeing a slump in DeFi. You're, you're seeing like a kind of, a, I wouldn't say the slowdown of innovation, you, you, but you, in the wall. You, you see, you see a bottleneck. Because all the things that can that you can innovate by just sitting in your basement and code has already happened, um, or is uh, is is in the process of happening. But what is the difficult part is to bridging this off chain world on chain. That's the difficult innovation, and that has happened very slowly. So, so I, I feel like. I feel like supply chain visibility was something that blockchains were able to do from like almost day one, um, or at least at least in 2016, 2017, it was possible. But nobody wants to make their own. Like Toyota is not going to make their own blockchain, you know, so that Honda can see that their supply chain, right? It would it would it would create too many attack vectors potentially for one company to, you know, suck up all the materials, the raw materials to create a certain part or, or, you know, maybe if they have a certain manufacturer for maybe a headlight, you know, maybe they could steal business from that headlight manufacturer. Like, I, I think, I think it's going to be interesting. And I think, I think a visible public blockchain is not going to be the way that real world assets get pulled on chain. It's going to be through private blockchains that connect to you know one of these alternate layer one solutions and i think that there's going to be heavy regulation that needs to come down in order for that to happen and to be you know mm -hmm. safe for all the people involved but i agree i mean i think there's a company out of england called materium i think they're out of england um and it's dr vinay gupta's company that he works with closely and i think he's an advisor or founder co-founder one of the two but what they do, uh, Tasha, is they work on trying to intermingle like the legal system with blockchains. And they're built on Ethereum, but I think they're going to other chains. And uh, the first thing they did was with gold. And I think they won a court case. Someone was able to prove that their bar of gold was their bar of gold using the blockchain. And I think that is like, you're right. That's the next steps is there's got to be actual real legal locks between blockchain and real life assets that can be defended and can be stood up. 
So I, that's a great observation. And noticing that DeFi has hit a wall because there's only so many ways you can flip crypto. When, yeah. You know, if, that all, if all of crypto goes down, then all of your collateral goes down with it. So it's like, what's the point? So uh, that's good. That's real good. Um, I don't know if I have any more questions, though. I'm trying to think of some more. Um, that's that's great. <laughs> um, well, we have some trademark questions. Jesse, you want to get yours first? Sure. So is is what you do actually difficult? And then you can interpret that however you want it to be. Like your job is difficult or... My job know, is a joy. Your job is a joy? Yes. I'm, I'm, okay. having, I'm having a ball every day. It's just Sweet. but there is so much I just cannot do them all. That's the thing is yeah. I'm very tired. It's the year end. I'm very tired. I need a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But but it's a uh, it's a joy. So the answer is no, Jesse. It's a breeze. She's it's, like, what I do? Is no, no, no. She didn't say it's a breeze. She I said didn't it's say a it's joy. a breeze. I said it's okay. a joy. Right. Yeah, challenge can't be a joy. You know. I don't want to miss. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. miss words. My bad. Um, and then we have another is in. Uh, I don't know how I want to ask this one. Hmm. Let's do in 10 words or less. Can you describe DeFi? Uh, DeFi is a, um, uh, DeFi is, uh, Financial sector that runs like a co-op. That's eight words. Congratulations. You win a congratulations. There's no gifts or anything. I'm sorry, but. Right. <laughs> I, I love congratulations. Thank congratulations. You. Well, um, Tasha, thank you very much for uh, stopping by and putting a halt to the technology argument that we've really been involved with since 2012. Right. I guess you're absolutely right. If technology always wins, then the Betamax will still be here. HD. We always have this conversation every yeah. like few podcasts. Yeah. Like technology, the best technology never wins from nope. time to time, and so we we know this, right? Yeah. We just like to figure out what people you know think who we bring on because everybody has their different thoughts about different things. People are developers, some people are investors, some people are retail speculators. So. Yes, yeah, sure. I've got to get back to my chickens. So we gotta wind. Oh my God, <laughs> we gotta wind this down. <laughs> Tasha from Tasha Labs, thank you very much for swinging by. Do you have anything you want to plug? YouTube channels, blogs. Uh, sure, birthdays. you just go to YouTube and search for Tasha Labs, or you go to Twitter. I'm at Tasha Labs, and the website is TashaLabs.com. It's all very intuitive. Hopefully, <laughs> thank you. <laughs>